I want to direct you into the Word of God, and I, I don't have anything profound tonight, but I do have something that I believe that if you can wrap your hands and your faith around, it can literally transform your life, and it can transform the way that you live and act and the way that you interact with people and the way that you live. I want to direct your attention for a little while to the book of Acts, chapter 16, Acts, the 16th chapter, and I'm going to read one verse of Scripture, verse number 7 of Acts, chapter 16. And the word simply reads this, After they were come to Mysia, they assayed, or they determined, or they intended to go unto Bithynia. But, everybody say but. But the Spirit suffered them not. And I want you to underscore the fact that Spirit is capitalized and it always, when it is used in that reference, refers to the Spirit of God. And so Paul uh, writing or, or bringing to our attention an event in his life said that I wanted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered me not. And I want to talk to you for a little while about a child of God's confidence. The child of God's confidence. When you read the works of the Apostle Paul, if you read the letters of the New Testament that Paul wrote, and you read the book of Acts, and you consider all that is contained in the book of Acts, you are struck by the vivid sense that Paul had of the divine ordering of his life. The truth was that that fact that God ordered his life was not only the backbone of his existence, but it was the backbone of the early church. They literally believed that God was not merely in their life, but God was in the details of their life. That God was in what we would consider the incidents and even the accidents of life. They saw the hand of God in everything that happened to them. Now I want you to think about what I just said to you because... The more I have considered that fact, the more amazing it has been of what that kind of knowledge can do to your, your life spiritually and powerfully. They saw the hand of God in everything. Everybody say everything. In everything that happened to them, they saw the hand of God. What a way to live. To live your life and no matter what happens, whether it's good or bad, 
whether it's sunshine or rain, whether it's prosperity or loss, whether it is success or failure, to live your life with a spirit and an, a sense that God is in it all. He is in everything that is happening in my life. When you live that way, oh, my friend, what it can do to your life. You see, it was the Spirit of God that decided everything for their life, the good and the bad. At least that was how they looked at life. And when you look at life like that, then it settles a lot of secondary problems and issues. It, it, as far as the, the disciples and Paul in particular was concerned, it was the Spirit of God that decided and settled the details of his journeys in life, where he was going to go. One verse in Acts said, And when they had prayed, the Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas, for the work wherein I have called them. They had a keen sense of the power and presence of God in their lives, in every detail of their life. Someone has asked at one time, what do you think is the great difference between the early church or the church of Acts and the church of today. What is the great difference between what we read about in Acts and what we see today? And I want to tell you what I believe the great difference is. It is not a great doctrinal difference. It is not even an issue of holiness and separation. The difference between the early church and the church that we know of today is that the early church... They focused on and they talked about the work of the Holy Ghost in their life. They focused on and they talked about the work of the Spirit of God in their life. Where you and I focus and talk about the circumstances and the problems of life. That, my friend, is the difference between the early church and the church of today. They tended to focus on power. We tend to focus on problems. Now I want you to think about that. Could that be why we have more problems and less power? Could it be the reason why the enemy sometimes comes in so easily and overwhelms us with fear and doubt and we are assailed by questions and we wonder why this is happening or what has brought all of this on. And the truth of the matter was they had just as much Hades going on in their life back then as we think we have going in on, on our life today. And yet the difference in their living and the difference in their attitude was the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost spoke. The Holy Ghost said. And so even in their disappointments and even in their frustrations and even in the aggravations of life, Paul saw the hand of God. Somebody say amen. Paul was intent on preaching the first gospel in Asia. He was intent on going to this new field because it seemed to him to be the right thing to do. Now, I, I, I don't even 
come close to measuring up to what I consider the Apostle Paul to be as a spiritual man. But I, I will tell you that as powerful as Paul was and as anointed as he was, Paul seemed in his spirit that the right thing for him to do, the right move for him to make at this point was to go to Bithynia and take the gospel message to Asia. And yet the Bible says that the door was closed, that the spirit, not the man or not the devil or not the flesh, but the Holy Spirit of God shut the door and suffered him not to go. I understand tonight that there are some hinderings that are attributed to the divine hand of God that we understand. We understand God blocking uh, the evil intent of Balaam when he was set on cursing God's people in spite of what God had told him. He was intent on gaining that filthy lucre. And so God blocked his road. God sent an angel and stopped him. And we can understand that. We can, we, we can understand why God would say, Balaam, you're not going to succeed in your effort. We can even understand God's hindering of Herod's plan. His cruel purpose of killing the Christ child. And God giving a word to Joseph and say, get your child and your wife and flee for your life. We can understand God stopping the evil work of Satan. It seems right and proper that God would stop such action and to bring the devices of evil men to naught. But in our text, in the verse that I read to you tonight, it seems that God is hindering a good thing. God is hindering a good work. Paul has fastened his eyes on Asia. And in the text of our scripture, the next stage of operation for him seemed to be obvious. I have to go to Asia. That's the most magnificent field that is open. There did not appear to be a better place to preach the gospel and see revival come than in Bithynia. Ephesus was the world at that time. It was the hub of commerce. And it seemed that that door was being blocked, not by the devil, but by the very hand of God. Yet Paul's attitude and spirit was, God, if that door is closed, no matter what I think, no matter how I feel, I trust your guidance of my life better than my own judgment. And God, if you say no, that's good enough for me. He saw in the forbidding of the Holy Ghost, God's thwarting of his plan, the shutting of a door. He saw the strange work of God's Spirit. And surely it is a strange work of the Spirit to interfere with blessed plans, with proper plans. And yet Paul recognized that God was in it. Here Paul recognizes the divine hand at work in the disappointments of life. Even in the frustrations of his own purpose, he said, God is at work. God is at work. Oh, my friend, listen to me tonight. 
If you and I could take on that kind of spirit and attitude, I am convinced that it would take away the sting of hard things from our life. And if we could ever grasp that concept that God is in it all. He is in the good and the bad. That my life is in His hands. And whether it rains or snows or sleets or hails, it doesn't matter what the weather is. The climate of my soul has been settled by the hand of God. And God is with me whether I'm on the mountaintop or whether I'm in the valley, whether I'm in hell or Whether I am in heaven, God is with me and he is in it all. Hallelujah. Somebody say he's in it all. He's in all of it. Not just part of it. He's in all of it. Even in the disappointments and the frustrations of life. Some of you are not listening to me right now. Because that's what's got us hung up. And because we don't understand why. Though we prayed about it. And we believe God. And we live for God. And we walk before God. God still closes some doors to our life. And we think, God, it doesn't make sense. You ought to open that door. It ought to be an open passage in my life. And yet God says no. And instead of Paul arguing with God, he said, God, if that's the way you see things, I've trusted you too long to start doubting you now. And not only that, God, I just know this, that if you're not in the good or you're not in the bad, you can't be in the good either. Amen. It is here that our faith often breaks down. We are so quick and ready to recognize God's hand in the blessing and the good of life, in the enlarged opportunities. But what about life's hindrances? And what about life's frustrations? And what about life's disappointments? And what about life's hurtful things? For the things that happen to us that frustrate our plans and aggravate our spirit And sometimes even anger our mind. And most horribly, often they shatter our dreams. What happens? Listen to me, church. If we only believe that God is in the good, and some of us, if you really examine the way we live, that's really the way we think. At least that's the way we act. That God's only in the good. Because as soon as something bad happens, the first person we blame is the devil. But if God is in the good only that happens in your life, then you are missing probably the most important principle of living for Him. If you only see Him in the blessings and you do not really believe in in, in the presence of God in all things, then you do not believe in the living God. Because such thinking puts Him In some of the events, but not all of the events. And if he's not in all of the events, he's not really Lord. If he's not in it all, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So if in our reaction to life and in our spirit in life, if we allow the enemy to overwhelm us, 
with the belief that somehow something is wrong. You've got to be missing the will of God. There must be something out of kelter. There's something that's not working right. Or God would be doing better things in your life. Paul said, I don't know about that. All I know is that when I fell on my knees on that road to Damascus, I put my hand and my life in His hands. And since that day, whether it's good or bad, uh, God is in it. God is with me in it all. Good and bad. Uh, He is over all and through all and in all. And He is the one who keeps me in all things. He's in the sorrow as well as the joy. He's in the disappointment as well as the blessing. If you and I could really believe that. It would take a weapon out of the hand of our enemy that is used against us all the time. Because you and I both know that as soon as something bad starts happening in our life, the first thing the enemy does is start hammering away at our mind. You must have done something wrong. You're not living as close to God as you act like you are. You're fooling people. People don't know you like you really are. And if we're not careful, we start listening to that garbage. And we start dissecting our life. And we only have God in certain things, but not in all things. Paul said, oh, that's a bad way to live. That's a horrible way to live. That's a discouraging way to live. That's a frustrating way to live. Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. I've learned how to be lifted up. And I've learned how to be a base. Most of all, I've learned that God is in it all. Hallelujah. Do you know what kind of think that, that kind of thinking will do to your life? It'll take a weapon out of the devil's hand that he's beat you up with for a long time. Amen. It'll cause you to sing in the midnight hour. It'll cause you to lift up your hands when everything around you is going down. It will cause you to realize all over again that God is in it all. How could we bear up if we did not believe that truth that God is in it all? How could we face our troubles and deal with our disappointments If we did not really believe that God was in them all. Say it with me again. He's in them all. Say it again. He's in them all. Amen. Unless we had some sort of trust that even in these things God was working it for our good. We would be of all men most miserable. If you do not understand that. That God is in it all. Say it again. He's in it all. He's in it all. Now, he may not have caused it all, but he's in it all. As a matter of fact, the devil may have been the author of some of your confusion. He is the author of confusion. But God's still in it all. He may be the culprit behind it. He may be the motivating spirit behind it. The devil may be the source of that trouble. But when you understand that your life is in the hand of God, then God works all things to the together for the good to them who love him who walk before him God makes all things work together Amen. good and bad happy and sad when we live with that kind of faith we would possess a cheerfulness that no disappointment could steal and no loss could break and no trouble could crush <laughs> 
Even in our broken hopes, we can say, the Lord works. The Lord works. Such faith enables us to say, it is the Lord's doing. It is the Lord's doing. Can you say that tonight about everything going on in your life right now? That God is in it all? Can you say that about everything that's happening? If you can't, you need to find a place and wrestle down that faith of the Apostle Paul and say, you know what? That's the way I want to live. That's the way I want to live. That's the way I want to conduct my life. I want to live in such a way that I know no matter what's happening, God is in it all. And He is going to work it for my good. I may not understand it tonight and I may not know why, but God is in it all. You can say that tonight with confidence because the Word of God assures me that that is true. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is the ultimate triumph of faith to be able to say, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the ultimate triumph of faith. Is to be able to say the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. In the disappointments as well as the happiness. The frustrations and uh, and the aggravations of my life. The divine hand of God is at work. It's a good thing to be able to say. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Hallelujah. Because he's in it all. Woo. Hallelujah. He's in it all. Not just some of it, not just part of it, but he's in all of it. Amen. He's in all of it. And Paul recognized that even when the Spirit of God frustrated his own desire, he said, that's all right. I trust you. Amen. This confidence is what enables you to sing and praise God at midnight in a prison with stripes on your back. Praise God. The confidence that God is in it all. When the cold chill of circumstances have surrounded you and the demonic voices are crying out for your attention, it is this kind of faith and this kind of spirit that enables you to look over at your partner and say, you know what I feel like? I feel like praising, praising Him. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the noontime. Praise Him when the sun goes down. Why? Because God is in it all. When the cold chill of life has settled on us, we're able to lift our voice and praise Him. That's the ultimate triumph of faith. Amen. Because He's in it all. They were all counted but lost, He said. All the things that I have gained, he said, they are all counted but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Is there anything that we need more than this sense of the presence of God in our life at all times? Praise God. At all times. Is there anything we need more than this sense of the power of God? And the guidance of God's hand in our lives today. Life is broken and it is harassed and fretful when we are missing that kind of faith. 
my brothers here tonight, I remember when Leanne and James and all of our family, but they stood with us during Celicia's uh, physical problems, and we were, while well, she was in ICU and didn't know for several days whether she was going to live, Leanne stayed with my wife, and they would we would take shifts and go back and forth to the hospital. I remember James and I were walking across the parking lot heading into uh, the hospital early, early in the morning to relieve them. And all of that confusion in my mind, wondering what, what had I done wrong? I, I, what's wrong? What's Why has this happened? And, and immediately, you know, when, when bad things happen, you, you always know your faults. You always know your own shortcomings. And you, you immediately seem to be drawn toward those things that this is the you know god's judgment on my life may i've done something wrong i've made a bad choice all of those things go through your mind and i'm i'm walking across that parking lot and i remember looking up and it was dark just a few few uh, uh stars that could be seen amid all of the other lights that were around us and i remember thinking in my mind and my spirit god what is going wrong what's happening here this this is a nightmare that i i hope would go away and i remember the vivid sense of god's presence that settled in my mind and it it didn't take away the tears it it didn't take away the hurt but it settled something in my spirit when god gently and sweetly said to me i'm still here I'm still here. I'm I'm in it with you. I, you're not alone. And I remember the comfort that I felt. I never even conversed with my brother, but the comfort that I felt in my own spirit, even though there were a lot of questions that still were lingering in my mind, and there were a lot of things that I wanted answers to that I didn't have answers to, I remember that sweet presence of God letting me know everything is going to be all right. And a few days later, God spoke to me vividly. He, when I questioned him as to what I was to do, he said, you do what you've always done. I haven't changed. Your circumstances have changed. The things you're, pro- you're dealing with right now have changed. But I have not changed. So you just keep doing what you've always done. You keep praising me. You keep serving me. You keep living for me. Because that's the only way to triumph over your enemy. Is to live in a faith that all things work together. That God is in all things. He is in all of the details of my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Life can be broken and it can be so frustrating. When we talk about circumstances, but who created the circumstances? To realize that my life, down to every detail, is a plan of God. It helps us to accept cheerfully our sorrows and humbly our blessings. And causes us to realize that none of us would be here except for the grace of God. It's what enables you to live bravely. Praise God. Praise God. You know what? I've said this so many times, but I want to say it again. Sometimes there's victory in just showing up. Oh, when it would be a whole lot easier to hide your face and to go running away. It would be easier to quit. 
I remember the story about a young man who was going, and I've told you this, but it's just one of those stories that just every so often it comes back to you and it just rattles your world. But the young man was standing at the bedside of his grandfather who was dying and, and he was about to say goodbye and he probably would never see him again. He said, Granddad, I, I, I want you to pray for me. What do you want me to pray for, son? He said, I want you to pray for me that I will, I will not be afraid to die. I will not be afraid to die. And the grandfather looked at his son. He said, okay, I'll pray for you. That God will give you a bravery that you'll not be afraid to die. If you'll pray for me, that God will give me a bravery to not be afraid to live. Because in his state, dying would have been relief. For him, dying would have been quick transportation to another world. But there were people that still needed him. He said, I want you to pray that I'll have the courage to live. Sometimes we need courage to live. It'd be a whole lot easier to crawl off in a corner and just die, pull the dirt in over our head and just act like we didn't exist. That's what the devil wants you and I to do. And that's why he tries to dissect our life and make us think that only the good or or what's prosperous or what's positive, God's in that. But he's not in this. Paul said, oh, no, you're not stripping my life down to that kind of living. I know this much about God that he wouldn't let anything come into my life that he would not have a plan for. And he doesn't have something he can do with. And so, God, I trust you. Give me the courage to live. Sometimes when bad things are happening. When everything's going wrong and the world is falling apart around us, the hardest thing to do is to get up and lift up your hands and say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's easy to become discouraged. It's easy to become fearful. It's easy to become a doubter during moments of crisis. But if you could hear me tonight and understand the Word of God, and that Word is that God is in it all. He is in it all. Every detail, everything that's going on in your life, God is in it all. It'll help you to live bravely. It'll help you to live boldly. It'll help you to live powerfully. To talk about chance and luck with God is to talk foolishly because chance and luck are not part of God's program. I was just over in Louisiana and saw all the gambling casinos and how many millions of dollars people throw away every day on chance and luck. But there's no chance and luck with God. You put your hand in His hand. You put your life in His hand. He said, I'll keep that which you have committed unto me against that day. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? He said, I will keep that. God said, I'll keep that. God said, I'll take care of that. The thing that you have committed, what have you committed to God in your past that you're trying to wrestle out of the hand of God tonight? Maybe it's some part of your life that you don't understand or maybe it's a plan in your life that didn't come to pass and you're trying to wrestle it. Hey, leave it in the hands of God. God knows what He's doing and God knows how to prosper me and bring me to the place that I need to be and God knew more than Paul where he needed to be and so God shut a door a good door 
a door that seemed obvious to be the next move for this expansion of the gospel, and yet God said no. And Paul said, okay, amen. Praise God to believe that God is in it from the first to the last, from the beginning to the end, is to be able to do what Paul said, rejoice evermore. Woo! Hallelujah. Is to be able to rejoice evermore. Is to know that God is in it all. There is no faith that we need more than this kind of faith tonight. To believe that God is in it. God is in it. Paul said it was given to me. A thorn. Sometimes we are given the undesired. But he was given and he received. Given unto us to believe that God's hand is in that. It's also given to us to believe that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. <laughs> the steps of a good woman are ordered of the Lord. A thorn? Yes, God's in a thorn. God's in it all. He is in the good as well as the bad. Such faith gives steadfastness and resolution to our spirit. We can go on without faltering and without flinching, without failing, because we know that God is in it all. Amen. That ought to give some of you a little bit of courage tonight to know that God's in it all. Amen. That ought to give somebody some strength tonight to know that God is in it all. Praise God. That ought to give somebody a little hope tonight. Praise God, God is in it all. That ought to give somebody a boost in their faith because God is in it all. Praise God. I am so thankful that my spiritual life and my destiny can never be determined by the hand of another person. Amen. No person or no thing can determine my destiny. My destiny has been settled by the hand of God. Amen. What a way to live. You talk about rejoicing. You talk about rejoicing evermore. You talk about dancing. You talk about shouting. You, you talk about smiling. People look at you and wonder, what in the world is going on in your life? I just made a fresh discovery. God is in it all. <laughs> I've been frustrated, I've been aggravated, I've gotten mad, I've cussed, I've discussed. I've thrown things. I've made accusations. I've screamed, I've ranted and raved. And yet all of a sudden, it came back to me, the word of the Lord. God is in it all. He's there. In all those things. The good and the bad. The door closes. Don't sit around pouting and frustrated over that closed door. Just understand God is in it all. Amen. Charles, I still remember the day you talked to me about a job situation that you were going to lose over something you had no control over. And I remember telling you, 
that's all right. It's in the hands of God. And within a matter of a week, he had received a job offer that was twice as much as what he had been making at the other place. Now, you know what? I'm not bragging and I'm not, I'm just telling you that when you put your life totally good, bad, ugly, put it in the hands of God, God works all of that for my good. Hallelujah. I said he works it all for my good. Praise God. Oh, let's stand together. I wish I could preach another 30 minutes, but I don't know if you could handle it. I, whew.